Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the Runner's World Podcast. Welcome to the Runner's World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. Today we're talking with Kieran Alger about run commuting. Oh, my favourite topic of how to get to work. <laughs> um, how are you, mate? Yeah, I've been doing some uh, urban exploring, Ben. So I've um, been trying to do these kind of fairly long runs on the weekend. I've been over to Greenwich, as you know, I've been to Beckenham, Crystal Palace, and I've ex- uh, went to Croydon on Saturday. Um, but I've had to go quite old school because I'm not signed up to Strava's paid for service. So I would have. Previously, I would have plotted the route on Strava, but now right. I've, I'm, I've had to move to um, something called onthegomap.com. I think I may be its only user. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've not heard of it. No, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty basic, so you, you can't get any kind of GPX files out of it or anything. So basically, I, I, I plot the route, and it tells you how far it, it is, and then I have to go around writing down road names and little kind of left or right direction arrows on, on a piece of paper that I put in my pocket. Have you? Do you know of Google Maps, mate? Have you heard of? Have you heard of that? <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, yes. Why am I not using Google Maps? Because I I have used Google Maps before. Why am I not using that? I don't know. Um, I love. The yeah. Fact so you're, I was kind of. Are. I could have been spotted round Croydon with my little getting getting my little map out <laughs> at most I love major the junctions. You write, you, the fact that you write it down on a piece of paper and then like, I mean, it's good. Mm. It's, it's you know, I think um, it's. Uh, it's an enhancement of uh, learning a route. I think you can miss a trick if you're uh, if you're totally tied to looking at GPS. I completely kind of, agree. I completely agree. You, you I, can miss a few, like a nice little deviation here and there. But that's no. That's like um, uh, you know, that's like when before mobile phones to all the young people out there, <laughs> it's like it's like before you have to you have to have a list of numbers. At the ready, however oh, you yeah. wanted to keep, and you would know people's numbers as well, right? Like yeah, maybe exactly. your three best mates, or or um, you know your girlfriend's number, you'd know off by heart for sure. I didn't have a girlfriend uh, back then. Who am I kidding? But you know, yeah, in theory, come on, I knew my mum and dad's number. That was it. <laughs> um, but you, you know, you do. You, you used to memorise these things. So I suppose that's kind of like uh, you know maybe a, a, a part of the brain that needs awakening. Oh, mate, com- completely. I think um, you know, should I want to go back to Lloyd Park in Croydon? I, I could run there without the need for a sort of a little paper map. But I, I'm, I'm not sure that the same would be true if I was just a slave to, you know, if I was getting told exactly where, where to go uh, yeah, by, by technology. But um, no, it was good. It, it wasn't the best route, actually. It, what, Lloyd Park's very nice, very green and like hilly. But um, I was hoping to, to have plotted a slightly nicer route because it, it was quite sort of 
just fairly nondescript roads until we got there. Um, yeah, but it was fine. good. Yeah. Um, well, how good, are you, mate? mate? You're um, you're almost, you're almost on paternity leave, Ben. I am. Yeah. This is this is going to be well. We've banked a couple of podcasts, but um, uh, this will be my sort of last recording for a while. I'm off for. A, <clears throat> I'm taking a month. Nice. Imagine that. Um, yeah, it's number two is arriving imminently. So, um, yeah, very excited. Really looking yeah, forward bet. to it. Um, you know, I feel like all of the things I learned from one, I've forgotten. So that's good. <laughs> and uh, I get to just, yeah, deal with, probably deal with the fallout of number one, realizing that all the, the stories that we've been telling him about what how great number two is going to be um aren't true so <laughs> that'll be a, that'll be a rude awaiting for everyone oh, good but yeah I'm, I'm i'm very much looking forward to it and not to say that i'm gonna cherish being away from work but um it'll be nice to have a break i think uh yeah this week this year has been somewhat unrelenting i think in, no uh, definitely definitely with lockdown taking place and, and the whole working from home situation so yeah it's uh it'll be good and you know if i take a leaf out of your book rick i'll be running more than ever with, yeah with that's new, true it, it, it is possible, I think. Um, well, some news. So, um, yes, lots of big races cancelled last week. So, New yeah. York City Marathon was cancelled. Great yep. North Rum was cancelled. I think Royal Parks was cancelled as well. It was indeed, yeah. Um, but there is one marathon getting the go-ahead. So, over in Germany, the Hamburg Marathon uh, on 13th of September will take place uh, with yes. 10,000 runners plus an elite race. And there are various like um, social distancing practices being put in place. So... I think you've got to wear a, uh, a mask in the start and finish pen and also at the expo um, and staggered starts. I think go off in sort of batches of a thousand, roughly 10 minute intervals. Um, no medals or goodie bags, obviously, at the end. I think it's I'm kind of a bit torn about it. I think like big races, it does feel like it's a bit of a gamble. But in a country like Germany that's dealt with this pandemic pretty well, I kind of think it's I personally think it's quite encouraging. I think actually if you if you can if you can be seen to do this sensibly, then then that's great. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's, it's it's it's. I guess the circumstance in Germany is very different to what we have over here in terms of how it was dealt with, uh, how their lockdown has been phased in and out, um, how you know the com- the country's responded. So um, it kind of from I think if you look if you sort of treat it as from the British perspective of how the whole thing's gone <clears throat> sounds kind of terrifying but i think germany is obviously a very different they're, they're a very different phase of it all so um it sounds pretty good i think running you know like i don't know keep like you've got to keep holding your mask you don't want to you've got to wear it at the start and the finish but what do you do with it in the in the in the meantime it's probably yeah. stuff it in a stuff it in a pocket i suppose um do you know like if you, you when people lose their um race numbers at like at major marathons they they, they can be refused finish to finish you know so if you lose your mask and you're not allowed into the finish area oh probably, that... probably not probably not ben yeah that's i mean it's a good point um so i don't know if there's i mean it's all these things are facilitating the, the race to go ahead it just adds a sort of an air a, a sort of a a degree of um i guess a, a degree of race day tension but i think you know if, if we want to if everyone wants to start racing again it's going to need there's going to need to be a few events like this that trial different formats that safely obviously it's not just for people to start doing races again but you know <clears throat> there's going to need to be some 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 events that take a take a new approach to yeah how yeah, what exactly what mate. racing might look like yeah and i think 
as you were sort of saying there, like we have to accept that racing going back on, if we, if we look at that as the kind of, that's that's what we all want. It will come with, with some caveats and that, and that might be, you know, carrying a mask or it might be in the smaller fields or that the whole starting pen thing at the beginning takes twice as long, I guess. If you're going to stagger stuff, it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be a fair amount of waiting around, but hopefully the means justify the ends if, if, uh, if big racing is going to get back on the, the schedule anytime soon. So I thought actually, yeah, interesting news because it's, it's just been about cancellations, but it seems like one, one race is sort of bucking the trend uh, there. Well, anyway, Rick, I have uh, some delightful pseudoscience for you. Oh, my favourite part of the show. Yes. Um, and this is that if you're getting injured through running, you need to have a word with yourself. Ooh, okay. A new study published in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning found that when runners heard spoken instructions such as land light and run tall, their ground reaction force decreased by 17%. Right? Leading researchers to conclude that verbally directed running instructions may reduce the likelihood of impact injuries. Ooh. So, what does that mean? It means if you create your own verbal cues and you say them to yourself out loud on your next run particularly those relating to, I guess, going by the study, landing lightly, running tall, posture, um, elegance, if you, if you will, when we run, then, yeah, if, if, you, you know, if, you, if you sort of use these verbal cues, then uh, it, it triggers, I guess, a natural, it triggers a reaction in the body to sort of to do these things, and that, that, redu- that, that, that is what has reduced the reaction forces. So that's... It's pretty interesting. It is. I mean, 17% a load, isn't it? That's like a big mark difference. I think you'd, you'd, you'd want to be saying that to yourself on a quiet road, wouldn't you? Or maybe in a quiet voice. <laughs> I mean, just sort of shouting. Yeah, I don't think you should be shouting. <laughs> Land light! <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think that we should be doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, actually. I, I mean, I would probably say that um, I've definitely... When I run, I definitely have like a... Ver- I have triggers in my... like. Mm. in my brain that will keep that keep that roll through every sort of through conscious like throughout the whole process i don't know yes. how if you know it's i think i imagine some people just run along and it's just like bird song and it's all like idyllic whereas my brain is the opposite mine's like a sort of like constant stream of like adjustment <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so i imagine that it's kind of a bit like that but you just kind of like make sure that you say exactly the, the sort of the right thing the right like, cues yeah yeah exactly out loud and i mean i had that the other i mean we, we talked about this before i had a i went and did some speed work after not doing any speed work for ages and ages and ages and um discovered that i wasn't actually driving properly through the through my through my gate and i realized that by saying out loud come on like i have to like drive now yeah that that initiated the actual to run properly so yeah it, it definitely definitely has an impact i think and just being saying things out loud Oh yeah, and you can you can imagine like you know a sort of track coach you know sh- like shouting like instructions at their athletes on you know as they go around the bend or whatever. I don't think it, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, seventeen percent big difference that. I tell you what, Ben, we have probably prattled on long enough, haven't we? It's time to get our guest of the week involved. Let's do it. Guest of the week here in the studio. Guest of the week sometimes on the phone could be an athlete. With many people returning to their places of work, but looking to avoid taking public transport to get there, the idea of the active commute is becoming more appealing. While cycling may be the obvious choice, there is much to recommend about the run commute. Kieran Alga has been looking into the gear, tech and knowledge required to make run commuting your go-to method of travel. Kieran, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thanks for having me on. How's it going? 
Yes, all good, all good. Yeah, yeah. Are you are you boys on commuters or are you um are you on the trains? I would say eighty to ninety percent cycling, and then uh, like a well eighty and then twenty percent run commuting. That's very good, mate. and that's it. I I never do any. I don't I, I avoid public transport. It's just not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bit of a conundrum where my commute is actually. I mean, I'm currently working from home, so I'm not commuting, but um. It's quite good. It's like a, it's a bit of a walk down to Hernhill Station. Then it's an overground train to Victoria, and then it's a nice walk. So it's kind of active uh, in its own way. But I'm definitely thinking about um, could I just could I either run or cycle? Like maybe not running both ways in the day would be like you know would be like twelve miles a day, a bit much probably. But could I do a cycle and then a run if I worked it out? Well, what what you've both just described is pretty much how people do it. They're sort of multimodal journeys, is the sort of technical terms for it, but. Where you kind of you can break journeys up into different modes of transport, or in fact you break up the week, and you might cycle some, you might run some. So I guess a lot of people might cycle in one day, run home, and then run in and cycle home to kind of cope with all of the logistics of it. So you, you guys have described kind of the perfect run commuter journeys. <laughs> yes, great. We're doing it, this is this is spot on, you know. And I, and I love Rick. I love that you've got you've got this kind of either side of the train bit. You might have this really sort of beautiful space to, to go and have a really nice experience so um you know i guess one of the things that we've sort of found according to the sport england stats one in five people actually have started running during lockdown and there's a lot of surveys that have shown that you know, a lot of us are going to keep this going have an intention to keep this going beyond lockdown you know we picked up a good habit and we want to carry on so i've sort of been looking into whether or not right now is the moment that run commuting could really sort of be a very positive thing could change the way that we get to and from places and that's not just running to and from work but actually kind of active travel to do other journeys other other chores you know going to the post office and that kind of thing um and what's really interesting and i didn't really expect it to be this big but there's 25 percent of trips are actually under a mile 68 percent are actually under five miles so that's of car trips so you know we're doing some really sort of short potentially you know doable achievable journeys on four wheels and we could take to two wheels or go to our feet for those um and only a quarter of those work related so the rest of them are all about us kind of nipping to the shops or go you know taking kids to school or or taking on other errands so there's actually a really big sort of potential for us maybe to to change the way we move yeah and it feels like there's a kind of government push towards this kieran as well right yeah so the government have announced quite a big investment um it's big for the for this kind of active travel. It's not big in the big kind of grand scheme of things. Like we've got two billion investment to kind of change the conditions that we face on the roads, whether that's sort of low traffic neighbourhoods, widening for for cycling. Um, if you look at the the at London, there's now it's part of you know planning requirements that you build in showers and 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 facilities for people to to run or cycle commute um, into any new building developments. So. We're getting behind kind of all that self-powered stuff. I think it's it's a, it's a small portion. There's still something like 275 billion a year spent on uh, road travel, but you know, start um, and there's, there's possibly like a never never a sort of been a better time to for people to have a go because the roads are quieter, you know. Definitely, yeah. And there's lots of good studies about actually sort of productivity as well. Like you know, like if you if you do an active commute, you're actually potentially going to be a more focused and productive worker. So it's in it's in kind of industries uh sh- should be should be looking into this and work- workplaces thinking actually we-, we can get better 
better employees as a result of this as well. Yeah, I mean, the benefits are, are huge. I mean, across there's sort of that, that, you know, performance, there's sort of mental health, there's physical health. Uh, there's, you know, if you're taking cars off the road in sort of local neighbourhoods, have the capacity to create kind of more friendly neighbourhoods generally. There's just there's just so much, you know, upside to this. Uh, but I guess there's, you know, it's not, not every journey can be done under sort of self-power but there's there's quite a lot of opportunity for for some of them and I, I i did it for about five years and actually the other benefit is it completely changed my running um things like it made me a lot more resilient so someone said to me you know you can't quit three miles into your six mile run to work <laughs> that's really true yeah that's really true <laughs> you have to go to work <laughs> I mean, that's yeah yeah i'm not coming in today because uh yeah because i've bust halfway yeah <laughs> But other things like it got me used to carrying packs. So when it came to moving up and doing an ultra, I was used to to carrying things, and um, and I got into the you know that that part of the holy grail of training for a faster, faster marathon. That sort of double running, you know, and I I was able to do that to and from work, and I learned to have a better approach to kind of slower paced recovery runs on the second run. So I think that's massive, Kieran, because I think a lot of people, um, you know don't do enough easy running i think there's something about a commute to work that kind of encourages a sensible easy pace you know i I don't think there's a lot of people going out there thinking i'm going to try and get a 10k pb on my way to work you know it just doesn't feel like that kind of arena yeah and and with that as well actually then you look at you know we tend to sort of think of commuting as as quick as we can from a to b but actually the idea that maybe if you extend your the time that it takes and you take a loop through something that's greener and nicer to run, actually this time has so much value outside of just the functional kind of side of it that you know it can change your day as well. So it's 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 a way of converting that time not just into you know a replacement for public transport, but actually building something into your day that's going to be really really positive. I think it was it was it was Susie Susie Cham did it she sort of doesn't have her commute anymore but when she was commuting and she was doing it on Strava she she would run a different road every day or she was she was right running a different like so her commute journey even though she was going from point A to point B was never quite the same every time i i thought that was brilliant because that just means you're just you're not the, there's no monotony to it you're not the same path the same which you know with running is can be actually can get really boring if you do the same loop all the time and that's one of the things with the, the commute is if you find a route that works and gets you to work on time then you'll probably keep doing it so i just it was good to see, that was a sort of a something that i saw someone else doing and i thought that's a good way of keeping it f- like fresh at least yeah i agree and i also think like when you say when you're training for a marathon say well hopefully when marathons become come back on like two of the things i've always struggled with is how am i going to run enough miles and how am i going to do this without it taking up loads and loads of free time and i feel like run commuting is like it's it's kind of dead time isn't it you have to get to work and back and it's about the same time as taking public transport so it's quite easy to justify from that perspective that's actually a driver for i spoke to um dr simon cook who his phd kind of thesis was basically on run commuting and he told me that one of the biggest kind of driving factors in people taking this up was actually just what you've described that situation there's a lot of people who are training for marathons and want to to use that time sensibly or, or fit in the longer runs or whatever. So they, they flip to it. Um, and then I think you sort of realize that I, one of the things is sort of about realizing how achievable it is to do. Um, and there are a couple of big barriers, actually. One of them is knowing how long it will take you to do it, thinking about whether or not you get lost and then also working out what might be a nice route. 
And so I, I was going to sort of um, give you guys some examples of tech that you can use to solve some of those problems. And I think, you know, most of us are probably familiar with Google Maps navigation and it's got a, uh, a cycling routes and walking routes and you can really tap in where you want to go, pick a route, pair it with some headphones and you'll actually get voice guidance over your headphones. So it will tell you with enough time when you've got to turn left and right. Now, if you if you put it on the walking routes, you'll get it'll give you a, an estimated duration and arrival time. So that could really take some of the guesswork out of it. And if you want to, that's based on walking speeds. But if you want to kind of manipulate that a little bit, you can just sort of work out with your own average pace. Um, and the benefit of looking at that is that number with a walking speed will always be longer than it's going to take you. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Psychologically, it's good. And <laughs> um, so that's one simple way. Most people have got that sort of built into that or on their phones already. But there's, there, are, there are some other tools that are sort of maybe a little bit smarter. And one of them is Komoot. And this is a tool that you use online or use on your phone, and it lets you create routes. It's sort of like a fairly straightforward mapping tool where you can choose the path, and then you can sync them to a lot of the latest running watches, and that will give you turn-by-turn navigation on the wrist as well. And one of the good things about Komoot as an option is that it, it works really well in urban spaces, but it's also a great tool if you have a route or you want to find a route that sort of takes in less well sort of cut paths in parks and remote areas so you can if you want to widen it out and look for to turn your route to run into something that's a bit more enjoyable and off the beaten track it's brilliant for that and it'll also show you things like the terrain you're going to run over the paths and um and that'll sort of help you avoid any kind of nasty main roads and stuff no is, is that is that specifically for commuting i'm just thinking that commute and commute well, sound quite similar yeah i mean it's it's a strange because actually the it's it's really targeted more to the outdoors, the sort of going and sort of trail runs and stuff. But yeah, I, it sounds to me like the name maybe maybe it sort of started in an urban space and then sort of decided to go into onto the trails. Um, and then Strava Roots has just been updated. It's gone behind the the premium account, so you will have to pay for it. Although you can get a six week trial right now for free. Um. And I thought there's some really good touches in Strava routes. You can you can actually choose to maximise or minimise things like elevation. Mm. So if you want your own commute not to go uphill, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or uphill, depending on you know on your preferences, you can do that. You could also look at the um, the surfaces en route as you can with um, Komoot. But I think another sort of really good part of this is you can see heat maps that show the popular routes. So if you're feeling uncertain or you're wondering whether or not you're going to be running kind of in a, in a lonely sort of dark street, this is a good place to see where other runners are, are also going around that time. Yeah, so that's really good. That's really good, yeah. It's a little bit of extra kind of sort of safety, I guess, there. And a lot of these can be synced with, like, most sort of Garmin and Polar watches now are starting to let you load up these routes and do turn-by-turn on the wrist. So that also stops you having to have your phone out or necessarily listen to, to over the headphones if you don't have those um and then there's one nifty tool that i really like and this is particularly at the moment it only works in london which is a bit of a shame but it's something called the tensing clean air score tracker and we've mentioned it on this on this program before but it essentially gives you an air quality score it's powered by real-time data from king's college and it works best with strava you can plan routes Without having to use Strava, you can go and plot your route and see whether or not you're going to be taking a, a cleaner air route than otherwise. 
But if you, if you pair it up with Strava, you also then, after every run, you get a little score that appears at the top of your your results that tells you how clean your run was. That's really run. that's really good, isn't it? That's a really clever bit of tech. That I think. I mean, yeah, you you want to be you want to be trying getting over eighty five. That means you've got the good air, which I think is you know if you, if you sort of find yourself, you, you you know you know we had a we had a podcast on this, didn't we? And we we talked about it and the difference that just running one street over from a busy road can be massive in terms of the air that you're breathing, the air that you're breathing. So it's it's this this thing is kind of quantifies that as well. It kind of it's nice to sort of. Uh, see that you can you can move one road over and your score will change quite considerably so it's 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 a nice little thing yeah and they, they've started to add curated lists of routes too so you can find some that are in your location that other people have run already and again that's a bit more about the discovery it's about sort of tra- transforming that from being kind of an a to b get there as quick as you can into something that might be a little bit more of a, of a pleasant experience and using the runtime for for other for other results this is the runner's world podcast Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kieran, can we talk about the, can we talk about the backpack? Because I feel like that is the key, the key commuting item. The backpack, yeah. You have to have the right backpack. Otherwise, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, it can make or break the whole experience. And I, you know, there's one thing about, think about the backpack, like your shoes. These are this super personal thing depending on your you know, build and, and how much you're carrying and all of those things. So it's quite hard to prescribe on this. But I would say you know, some tips that I've found from run commuting over the years. You've obviously got to think about capacity. Think about your laptop size. And if you have to lug the laptop, think about one that's going to be able to fit that. And then shoulder straps are absolutely essential to look at those and look for something that's nice and wide, but also adjustable. So wide straps will cut less. But those adjustable straps are kind of essential for when you flex up and down. So some days you might not have as much stuff to port as other days. And if you can't tighten in the straps and loosen them when that happens, it's going to be a bad experience. Same goes for a sternum and waist strap. Um, they're really, really what control how locked down the pack will feel when you've got it on. Uh, you know, bounce is the thing that you're trying to avoid here. 
Um, I also really like there's bags with like a 360 opening, and that's kind of basically a zip that will go down around kind of three of the edges, and you can sort of open them up. And that means you can get into the bottom of the bag as easily as the top. Uh, so yeah, that's clever. You, yeah. you smashed your socks or the or your <laughs> work pass or your your keys at the bottom, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can get in, get those out. Uh, waterproofing, uh, an extra sort of attachable pouches are good too. And I think really interestingly, if you if you're thinking about this, look for even going into kind of ultra multi day ultra packs. You will probably pay a little bit more, but I swear by my. I had a pack that's by WA W A A that I used for the Marathon de Saab, and that was what must years and years ago. Even though I talk about it a lot now, but it's it's lasted me, and because it's versatile, I can add bits on and take bits off as I need. Mm. Yeah, and it's been really useful. And it's lasted so. Yeah, I've got one of those ultimate direction. Uh, sort of it's 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 officially a fast packing one of their fast packing backpacks but it's it's a similar thing and it's it's a bit bigger than what you would wear if you were like running a 50 mile or even a 100 mile ultra but you can get like you could easily get a change of clothes and, and a computer in there if you wanted to it's quite it's kind of a nice size for it yeah it's nice if they have a little some front pockets that are easily accessible you can put a few essentials like a bit of money in your keys and stuff so you're not having to scrabble around as well without without investing in a, in a belt or something um so the packs yeah and I, I it's a hard one because you've you know you need to try a few out <laughs> yeah before you find the one that you'll that will really suit but i think it's safe to say that you know if you've got just a regular rucksack it will probably give you a sort of slightly negative experience first time out so if you're starting out the first time don't be put off by that yeah i mean it's, it's a classic like you and you see people running along and they're having to hold the the shoulder straps you know you know they sort of they've got their hands in the lower loop of the the shoulder strap to keep the bag on tight that you shouldn't be doing that yeah they're like absolutely zero movement because you're holding your bag because it won't do it properly like that's getting you that's that's a really good don't use that bag for running yeah and you don't want to wake up you don't want to do this a couple of times but you know for the first time and then three days in have back problems or wake up feeling stiff because you've been running differently you know it's you want to do it right and then I've got a few other sort of highlights that they're just little bits of kit that I've encountered along the way that I think will help with a few of the other problems. So wet kit, often offices don't have anywhere to dry that kit and hanging it over the back of the chair isn't the best way to ingratiate yourself with your colleagues. So <laughs> um, one product, it's another product I've mentioned on here before, and it's the Under Armour Breeze Tea, and it really comes into its own for this. It's just a T-shirt that dries from sweat soak to, to absolutely bone dry in, a, in under 10 minutes. So if you're if you're going both ways, you've then got a dry T-shirt for later on, which is fab. And then in the same vein, anti-stink gear. Um, <laughs> so there's a there's a there's a, a substance called Polygene, and lots of the biggest brands will st- have started to kind of create to use Polygene in their all their different garments and essentially what happens is the fabric that makes up the garments has been treated with a, a solution that's it's got an active ingredient that is uh, silver chloride and silver chloride essentially stops the bacteria growing and it's the bacteria that make everything smelly so if you polygene infused t-shirts socks all of those things it will stop them smelling as bad it don't it won't stop them smelling totally I'm not there's no guarantee of that. But it will, you know, they they won't sort of stink out of the office quite as badly as something that doesn't have it. 
I have tried that. I've run in socks for like seven days. <laughs> I've done a sniff test. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I think one other one other really useful piece of kit which you might overlook is a dry bag. So you can get you know like camping style dry bags. Because so, even though some of the packs will say they're waterproof, you know you and everything leaking through. And if you've got expensive laptops and stuff in there, or you know you're on you're under crackers that you're going to need dry in the office. <laughs> You don't have to be wet when you get there. So get a little dry bag that has the roll over top and keep everything that you need to sealed inside. Um, there's one that's Osprey do a really good range, and you can you can probably get one for under a tenner. Such um, such good investment, Kieran. Like yeah, and then if you ever go like walking or camping, like they're just they're just a great sort of very affordable accessory, aren't they? To have, I think. Yeah, they're just handy to have around, aren't they? I mean, it's just a thing for for all of that. And then and then finally, if you have to wear smarts. Um, in your office and you want to go in without kind of having creased shirts there's something called the i am run box origami organizer and it essentially helps you fold up your shirts in a in a in a hard case little box that will slot into your running pack and so you can you know trousers shirts whatever skirts whatever you want to to fold up and keep crumple free then that will help um if you haven't got any ironing facilities which i know a lot of us don't is it is the box like similar size to a to a laptop or how how, how big is yeah. it yeah, it's about yeah about the size of sort of a, a slightly bigger laptop case. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, smart, I am running. Yeah. They also do a full backpack. Um, I haven't tried it, so I didn't want to recommend it. But it's there's another one to look at. They do a full a full backpack that you can get. Um, but I think this you know this is a nice little versatile one that you can put in a bag of your choosing. I guess what some people might think, Kieran, is like like oh I well that's okay if you if you live five miles from work, but I live you know, 15 miles from work, there's no way I'm going to be running to and from. Is there anything people can like, can do like to maybe, maybe reduce some of the distance? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the sort of the, there's something called a sort of first and last mile journey. So it's often people might drive to the train station, jump on a train in, into a city and then either commute by bus or by public transport in that city, the, fir- the final couple of miles. And actually you can break those journeys up by running either side. And, and that's one thing. And, you know, I think something that people who are pushing run commuting would really like is to see more incentive for people to do that. So often people have committed to a season ticket. So you paid up front and there's less incentive if you paid all that money to say, well, okay, today I'm going to run commute. Whereas if you incentivize it, so you were being, you were having to sort of, it's sort of almost more like you pay as you go, if that was cost effective, it would help with you making different decisions about how many of those journeys you, you know, you chose to do in different ways. Um, and I think, you know, one thing that we've, you know, we'd really like to see stations don't really, they're not really nice places to be, are they? So even if you arrive at a station, there's nowhere for you to, in most cases, there's not really anywhere for you to get changed. Let's say if you were going to a meeting. Um, so there's, there's another service actually in London called Run Friendly. And they, it's like a pay as you go pass that lets you use facilities in gyms, um, hotels, and other places that have offered up their their free sort of capacity for showers and rooms to get changed. So that's that's another option. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. That you, I, I've t- I've talked with Ben about this before, and I think that he's skeptical about my idea of the the running super highway. <laughs> you know, the kind of running equivalent to cycling. And uh, and I understand the skepticism, but do you, do you think that there is, do you think there is a future in any way where we have these kind of running only. Uh, 
kind of arteries into the city if running commuting was to really take off or do you think that's you think i'm in the realm of fantasy so from from sort of say five miles out in that kind of distance yeah yeah exactly i mean i i think i think it's a really really nice idea i think the from the people that i've spoken to around this subject the problem is that there's there are easier wins to be had for the investment in fact, when you, when I when you look into this, there is not there are not many sort of stats being gathered even around how many people might run commute or do running as active travel. So in order to create the kind of cases for things like that for these big kind of infrastructure changes, it's very hard because no one's really assessing the need for it. Whereas for cycling and even for walking, there seems to be there's more information, and so they can show and demonstrate a bit more of a demand. So I think, I mean, what we need to do, Rick, is just is create that demand. We need to get people doing that, doing that yeah. run, taking over the road, and then they'll build it for us. <laughs> I so agree. Yeah, my, yeah. Skept- my, my skepticism comes from the premise that, that there isn't enough people to warrant you going into, you going along and going, I've got an idea, guys. It's a running superhighway. Yes, I, no, I, I, think, I think you're currently right. But I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that we are, we are, yeah, well, not we, but the people in charge look at walking. It's like, well, look, walking—that's that's a practical alternative. And I, I love I love walking, but it's running is so much more efficient. Like, if you actually want to get somewhere, you know, it's like it'd be like, oh, it's, it's going to be an hour to walk that, but actually, it's going to take me twenty minutes to to run it. Yeah, actually, think from a commuting perspective, like the efficiency of running sh- shouldn't be underestimated. I think. I think the other thing that we've talked about, which I think is a, is a is a probably a more realistic and a, and a better thing, would be um. A similar sort of like scheme to the cycle scheme that offer that the companies offer that like if it was just a for running stuff. I mean, you can probably use your voucher if you wanted to in the sort of larger, you know, stores that sell both cycling and running gear. But um, if you if you could have the same thing where you were buying your shoes and you weren't taxed on them and all those sorts of things, I think that would probably that would probably encourage a few more people to get into it. Like a, like a sort of run-to-work scheme, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think it's a good idea. And there used to be, this around the time, it was actually in 2012, I believe, there was, a, there was some the kind of run-commute trains. So they would be people who would take the bike, the, your bags on a bike. Everyone would run yes. your bag back at the end. And those were, I, I don't quite know who they were funded by, but they were funded. It might have been around kind of the Olympics or lottery funding for a while and that let that turned it into a sort of social run as well which is was interesting but that when the funding ceased that seemed to to go away but you know that's an, another thing is just about people feeling comfortable in the possibility and if you're doing it in a group all of a sudden you don't have to worry about the navigation you don't have to worry about you know feeling alone on your own all of those things go away and and i'd like to see sort of schemes like that that get groups back together I think that's great, Kieran. Because even if you're not, even if you're not, say, working out of the same office, say you were like, look, but basically, within half a mile, um, we're gonna, you know, people within half a mile of each other could run into the city together in groups of four or five or whatever. I think that would make it way more appealing, and it'd actually be very sociable as well. And they lo- they loosely followed existing kind of train lines or tube lines as well. You kind of knew the you knew the route, and I think it, again, it might not be that you do you join them every week, or it happens sort of sorry every day but a nice kind of weekly social run like that you could drop in and out of would be would be a really positive thing yeah i agree i agree um well it's really interesting kieran talk about run commuting and i think you're right hopefully it's going to have a you know a bit of a 
a, a bit of a golden era of uh, of run commuting and, and active commuting in general. I hope. Yeah, I, I think we should all be running to the post office if we, you know, <laughs> that's that's when you know it's made it when when people are dropping off parcels in the post office. But when when we all, of course, go back to commuting of any type. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think hopefully that'd be one of the kind of positive things that could come out of it. Like, what if cities became, if there were less cars on the road and there were more people walking, running or cycling? That'd have to be a good thing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Kieran, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. This is the Runner's World podcast. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runner's World podcast. A big thanks to our guest, Kieran Alger, and to you, of course, for listening. The Runners World podcast is available on Acast, iTunes and all of your favourite podcast apps. Just search Runners World UK. Thanks for listening and we will see you again next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 